there's an enormous supply of food waste uh, that ends up almost all of it in the landfill generating greenhouse gases. And so it's shameful for our generation to be in a situation where a resource like that is wasted in that quantity. Welcome Getting There fans, I'm your host Alejandro Garcia Maya. Every year, consumers in developed countries waste approximately 222 million tons of food. That is as much as the entire net food production of Sub-Saharan Africa. How can we cut back on food waste while using what is wasted more efficiently? On today's show, we have Daniel Morash, founder of California Safe Soil, a company dedicated to helping supermarkets recycle their organics, improve store hygiene, and reduce costs while helping farmers save money, increase crop yield, and reduce nitrate runoff. In this episode, Daniel and I discuss how did California Safe Soil get started? Why do supermarkets in the U.S. throw away 43 billion tons of food every year? Where does all the uneaten food go? How can a new kind of organic fertilizer help? And much more. So join us in our conversation. Let's do this. What inspires you? My kids do. And trying to do something to leave the world in better shape than when you found it. What does success mean to you? Well, the most important success to me is is as a uh, husband and father. It's about my family. And I also take my career very seriously. I had a long career on Wall Street as an investment banker doing energy and infrastructure project finance. So I, I, I know a lot about the financial and risk characteristics of a lot of different technologies. And I'm able to, to understand what works and what doesn't work. What made you want to focus on recycling food and fertilizing? Well, one of the sectors that we financed was waste to energy. So there are about 100 plants around the U.S. that burn waste and produce energy from it. And there are some drawbacks to that technology. One of the most significant was food waste. It doesn't make sense to burn food because food is about 75% water on average. You use as much energy burning it as you generate because of all that water. And there weren't good technologies for the recycling or the adaptive reuse of food waste. And there's an enormous supply of food waste uh, that ends up almost all of it in the landfill, generating greenhouse gases. And so it's shameful for our generation to be in a situation where a resource like that is wasted in that quantity. And so the technologies that were out there, there's a technology called anaerobic digestion. Uh, mm -hmm. doesn't work very well and is not economic. Composting is another technology that is really not that well suited to food waste at scale. What is California Safe Soil? What's your mission? Yeah, so we are commercializing what I consider to be uh, far and away the best technology to make adaptive reuse of the food that is getting wasted. 
So, for example, last year, we recycled 5,000 tons of food into about a million gallons of fertilizer that we successfully sold. A million gallons is enough for 50,000 acres. You mentioned about food waste. What does that actually look like in the U.S.? Approximately a third of all the food that gets produced gets wasted. One third, think about that have three apples and one of them doesn't get eaten. I came across some pretty cool facts. Food losses and waste per year are roughly 30% for cereals, 40 to 50% for root crops, fruits and vegetables, 20% for oil seeds, meat and dairy, plus 35% for fish. So nearly half of it is root crops, fruits and vegetables. Yes, exactly. That's what we get. So we have these double-walled insulated bins that sit in the refrigerated area in the back of a supermarket. A uh, mm-hmm. typical supermarket throws away 500 pounds a day of food. So the, sh- the store that you go shop at, they compete based on how good-looking the produce is because that's what you want is fresh produce. Mm-hmm. And so they come through and cull the aisle, and anything that doesn't look just right, they pull it off. And it ends up in the back of the store in our bin. We maintain the cold chain all the way from the store through a refrigerated truck that goes back to the distribution center. And our plant is located near the distribution center for the major supermarkets that we work with. So we get it in a day. And in day one, it comes off the shelf and comes to us. And day two, we process it. We use enzymes to break the food down into its constituent elements and a lot of grinders and heat. So basically, it's called enzymatic digestion. It's essentially the same thing that happens in your stomach when you Mm -hmm. eat lunch. So the long chain molecules, proteins, fats, and carbohydrates get broken down into short chain building block molecules, amino acids, fatty acids, and simple sugars. Mm -hmm. Also, that's why it becomes a liquid. Uh, So it's a liquid fertilizer. And so all those nutrients, well, the bad news is it doesn't go to feed human beings. And food is perishable. The stuff that we get looks like what's been in your refrigerator for about a week. (laughs) Right? It doesn't look so appealing anymore. Uh, But it's still in pretty good shape. And there's still use that can be made out of it. Because now what we're doing uh, for with the fertilizer is we're feeding microbes in the soil. And it's often said that a teaspoon of soil has more microbes in it than all the people on the face of the earth. Wow. So microbial communities, which is it's bacteria and fungi and, and everything all the way up to earthworms. The earthworm is at the top of the food chain in the soil. Uh, out of curiosity, the 500 pounds uh, a day of wasted food from supermarkets, when that goes through your process, when you convert it to liquid, how much liquid do you get per batch of food that you receive? We have about a 90% yield rate. Whoa. So the uh, 10% that's left over is uh, our solids that we, we run through vibratory screens to screen out the solids. The solids can be used as animal feed. Oh, got it. And so about 80% of what we get is fruits and vegetables. 
And the other 20 is meat, fish, deli, bakery items. It's all processed and digested together. We also run a centrifuge to reduce the fat content. And then the fat is sold separately as animal feed. And so when to take a, a step back in terms of fertilizer, can you share what is a fertilizer and why is it used by farmers or anyone that's trying to grow crops? So when you break food down in the way that we do, it becomes a liquid, a brown liquid. And it's, it's all food that's been enzymatically digested and it's been screened and it's been pasteurized for food safety. We, we have a process for assuring that the product is safe and doesn't have any pathogens in it. Then it goes to the big growers in California. So maybe a strawberry grower or uh, an organic lettuce grower or grapes or citrus, tomatoes, etc. And they apply it, they, they have uh, drip irrigation lines typically. Mm-hmm. And so they are watering their plants. The fertilizer gets injected into the water. And so therefore they're using their existing irrigation systems to apply this to the soil. So when the food gets in the soil, it then stimulates growth of these microbial communities that are in the soil. and when you get good soil health from feeding the soil, you get good plant health. The plant gets the message from the soil that times are good, and then the plants flower and fruit. It's, it's time to reproduce. That, that's the message they get from healthy soil. And the healthy soil protects plants from pests and diseases and uh, drought and other other problems. What's the difference between the organic fertilizer and and chemical? Well, um, chemical fertilizer doesn't do anything for health of the soil. We've kind of fallen into this trap, right? Because the Haber Bosch process to create nitrogen fertilizer from methane goes back to the early part of the 20th century. And nitrogen fertilizer has done more to grow crops and increase food production than anything else. And the, the boom in human population over the last hundred years is at least as attributable to nitrogen fertilizer as, as anything else. So it's, it's something that has worked astonishingly well for a hundred years, but there's always unintended consequences. Right when you use too much fertilizer, you're not using the soil any longer. The soil is just something to hold the plant up. <laughs> and so, what what happens is because of too many chemicals, you have created an unhealthy environment in the soil. And the only organisms that are successful in that environment are the ones that feed on the plants. So now you've created all these plant pathogens. <laughs> you've stimulated them by failing to, to provide a healthy environment for the soil. So what happens next? You need pesticides to take care of all of those organisms that have been attacking your plants because those are the only organisms that survive in an environment where there are too many chemicals. So 
what we're doing is saying, well, okay, certainly in conventional agriculture, there's a need for nitrogen fertilizer, but there's also a need for soil health and there needs to be a balance. If you have the proper balance, then you get the crops that you need, you have healthy soil, you are sequestering carbon in the soil rather than emitting carbon uh, out into the air. Another fun fact for you from the UN Food and Ag Organization is that if food waste were a country, it would be the third largest emitter of greenhouse gases in the world after the US and China. Oh my God. but on the on the flip side of that, there's carbon that gets sequestered in the soil. Uh, soil is a great, like a sponge to soak up carbon in the air. So one of the best ways to actually reverse too much carbon in the air is for healthy soil to soak up that carbon. That's a big initiative in California right now. Are there more people using organic fertilizer than chemical now? Has there been a progression or no? No. If you go to some of the agronomic centers like the University of California at Davis, which is probably the number one ag school in the country, there is almost across the board agreement among experts about the importance of soil health to overall crop health. When you get to the growers, they want to go with what worked last year and what made them successful. So they hear the discussion about soil health uh, and the importance of soil health, but they're reluctant to take a lot of risk that could end up costing them dearly. Mm-hmm. They, they make change, but they make change slowly. What have you come across comparing your fertilizer to those that are available. I know that when I was looking through the process, it says that it converts nutrient-rich liquid fertilizer in three hours. So, okay. so one of the things is the speed for which you can convert from this solid to liquid. I'm guessing that's a really big deal. How, how long does it take for that process normally? Well, composting takes three months. And what happens wow. when food is composting there are microorganisms that are consuming the food. They're metabolizing it. It's oxidation. If you turn over a compost pile, sometimes you can see steam. And that is basically wasted energy. So what we're trying to do is capture the maximum amount of energy and nutrition that is in food that the supermarkets no longer offer for sale or donation and get it in the ground as fast as possible before it breaks down. So when California Safe Soil was not there picking up this food, what normally would happen to the food at these supermarkets? Literally, they would just throw it to a landfill? It goes into a dumpster in the back, and then the garbage truck comes around and empties out the dumpster. So the the supermarkets like this program because they don't want to have, because food waste smells, and they don't want to have that smell lingering. You know, who wants to go? It ruins the experience for their consumer. Yeah, exactly. The garbage truck picks it up. The garbage truck goes to the landfill or it may go to a transfer station and then to the landfill. And it sits in a pile on on top of the mountain of trash. What does a partnership with the supermarkets entail? One of the benefits is the fact that that food is picked up. But are there other incentives for supermarkets? 
Well, this program costs them less than you know what they pay to the garbage man to haul it off to the dump. Got it. So they save money and the food comes out of there as fast as possible. Yeah, so they look good doing it. They improve hygiene at the store, which is one of their major goals, because this is all a very clean process. So if you're a supermarket and you are moving a lot of fruits and vegetables through, you want to keep the place clean. Is there a reason for for their not to be that many players in this space? Uh, it's in, it's basic infrastructure. So it's capital intensive to be able to, to get this operation going. If you want yeah. it to be a new player, you, you got to have a lot of funding to be able to even get started. Right. What would you say is the biggest misconception with organic fertilizer and with your process of what, what you're doing? It's just not valued sufficiently. We did a trial with some melon growers where we added our product to what they were doing already. And it increased their yield. And the value of that increase in yield was five times what it cost for the product. So we were all excited about that. We said, hey, you get five times your money for this, you know? Mm -hmm. And the grower said, no, I'm not going to spend more money on inputs than I spend today because I may never get a crop for other reasons. There may be a drought or there may be a flood or there may be some infestation of pests that I can't control. Or maybe I have a really good year and all the other growers have a really good year and the price of the product drops. So the the growers manage their business by being very frugal about how much they spend at the beginning of the season because they know that a lot of bad things can happen along the way mm. cause them to lose money. Wow. What's one of the biggest obstacles you're facing? Well, we can only grow as fast as we can increase our sales of the finished product. Uh, there's a lot of positive momentum regarding regenerative agriculture and improving sustainability in agriculture and increasing soil health. So the wind is at our back with that. The the growers are definitely looking for ways to improve soil health and figure out how to work that into their system. Well, that's this week's episode of Getting There. Thank you all for listening to the Getting There podcast. Very much appreciated. Be sure to visit gettingtherepodcast.com to learn about more leaders solving the world's most pressing problems through our videos, games, blogs, and more. If you are or have a friend who's a social impact leader using scalable technology to find sustainable solutions for world-pressing problems, please reach out to my team and I at guest at gettingtherepodcast.com. That is guest at gettingtherepodcast.com. Catch a new episode every Tuesday. If you enjoyed the show and want to spread love back to my team and I, please make sure to subscribe and rate us. Have a wonderful day. And as my grandfather would say, adelante y arriba.